Meditation and Mysticism, which I was asked to address the subject of meditation. And then this uh, uh, Catholic monk uh, was a talk, gave his, his talk on mysticism. The Catholic monk, Benedictine monk from Germany, was uh, also a practitioner of Zen. Uh, and this was at the University of Vienna, and the Archbishop uh, was there, in a congregation of about 500 people in this very beautiful room, in a Baroque room of hall with uh, a very elegant uh, environment. And the interest in, a, in, a, in such a Catholic country as, as Austria is seems to be quite a good sign in terms of uh, uh, a growing kind of inquiry into uh, spiritual development, psychology, into the mind, into experience. And the, they had a whole program. I just attended the first, the first uh, night because uh, I was the speaker. And since it was all in German, I... I <laughs> couldn't really, uh, I didn't think any going to the rest of the talks would be very fruitful for me. And somebody translated for me. Uh, and there was, uh, it was interesting to see after the, the both of us uh, spoke, uh, the, the monk, the Benedictine monk and myself, and they opened up uh, for questions. And the Benedictine monk talked in terms of a, a Christian um, uh, kind of uh, expressions of of uh, fighting the evil forces. This, this uh, he used, I guess, in since I don't understand German, but he translated it as uh, this this battle between good and evil is an ever-present challenge, something to that effect, and so. Uh, some woman in the uh, audience uh, asked, um, uh, wanted me to comment on this battle between good and evil, uh, as, as, a, as how to, would a Buddhist uh, reflect upon it or see it? And so, this is, uh, you know, this this is uh, 
I think one of the reasons why I personally found a, uh, an attraction to Buddhism because from my own Christian background there was this there's always seemed to be this war uh, of good against evil in the in the whole attitude of Christianity, at least the Christianity that I grew up with. And uh, one felt uh, that there must be, uh, that th you know, this, this, didn't, this didn't ring true to me as a, as experience, uh, that one had to just spend one's life kind of warring against evil. And so the, the of course, the, the, the Buddhist uh, way of mindfulness is where you, you, you awaken the mind and this the awakening uh, of the mind and the, the, the significance of the Buddha, the awakened one, the knowing, the clear, present, uh, wise one that knows the way it is. And once you awaken the mind, then that mind is, is aware of the evil forces or the darkness uh, that might be in one's own mind. But the the light is on. We're we're in the light rather than in the dark, so that one can can see the dark as an object rather than merely resist it and fight and struggle with it. So there's a this attitude of knowing and of recognizing things as they are. There's the immediacy of the uh, Buddha's teaching because we all have you know, dark feelings, emotions, uh, uh, fears, and and uh, uh, all kinds of desires, and and um, guilt, and remorse, and anger, and resentment that we carry with us. Uh, these are dark sides, we say, in in uh, modern uh, psycho psychobabble, the shadow or the dark. So, and this dark side is uh, many people become interested in it because, uh, especially in the Western world, it, uh, it's been through psychology, modern psychology, that the dark side is suddenly uh, we've been allowed to address this, this, this as experience. And at least this is just my reflection, anyway. That that uh, through kind of Jungian style of psychology or Freud that the, there has been a, a taken an interest in that side of our nature which before was merely suppressed or denied or rejected or that we tended to get lost in and follow and, and get uh, caught in the power of our own depression, our own fears, our own desires. And yet, with uh, in uh, Christian mysticism, uh, even though they talk about the war, the warrior, and the the war with the with the evil forces, uh, yet the the Christian mystics uh, also end up realizing that it's not a war, but a a willingness to uh, acknowledge and know and to accept the dark side of the evil forces rather than really
trying to get rid of them. And that's the 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 uh, conditioned mind is is that way the the thinking mind the the discerning faculties of uh, say uh, w- that we use with uh, with thought and reason is conditioned, uh, and we. And it's and it's highly conditioned, especially in modern education, is uh, with with literacy and and all that that has become quite ordinary uh, for almost everyone. They, uh, in the, in the at least the, the attempt, or even in the third world, to try to bring literacy, make that a possibility for everybody, because an ability to think, to to uh, reason to use logic uh, is is quite a, a marvelous and miraculous faculty that we all have. But it also, if attached to and identified with, always puts us in that kind of polarized position with everything. Good against evil, right against wrong. Because the thinking mind operates like that. You, you you know, you you perceive, you have perceptions, and and you you have attitudes, and and then the feelings that one has, the emotions that one may be experiencing, are judged as being right, wrong, good or bad, or dark, the dark side or the shadow, uh, because we have as many as we all long to be good. There's also the attraction, the fascination with the with the dark, with the evil, and we can see in in modern life how much how uh, fascinating uh, evil things can seem to people, especially young people, and with the kind of fashions now where people try to look evil deliberately, you know, trying to darken their eyes and 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 sunken cheeks and kind of pale skin and uh, and wearing things in the rings in their noses and pins through their ears and, and all kinds of of uh, kind of demonic uh, fashions that uh, that convey a fascination a kind of interest and excitement that that the evil forces can generate in the human mind Because that it, well, you know, like like violence is exciting to the human mind. Why people go to prize fights and that because to see two men punching each other is exciting, and and uh, anything sexual or violent is is very exciting to the human uh, to the human mind. So the, this excitement we we oftentimes seek. To to have in life, to have a, a life, uh, to have conscious experience that is exciting because so much of life is boring, isn't it? It's gray, it's dull, it's we're half asleep, we're not really here. We're just kind of floating around, drifting, uh, kind of in a sea of porridge. And we don't we don't even know where where who we are most of the time except when we feel excited or sexually aroused or or angry or indignant 
some extreme kind of of uh, of emotional state makes us feel alive and awake, where the ordinariness of life uh, can be dreary. It's uh, just the the things we have to do, like uh, preparing food or cleaning the house, um, washing the dishes, uh, washing your clothes, ironing your shirts, uh, scrubbing the floors. All this is uh, people look down on is just kind of dreary, uh, uh, kind of life that uh, has no meaning. Where if we, you know, we try to to jazz it up a bit, make it into to something that is, it, that gives us significance, like uh, the computers and the internet and all the, the high tech, uh, give us a much more exciting uh, experience uh, immediately that, that we can have in our own home, because you get get very excited or very absorbed, mesmerized into the the fascination of changing conditions and the and the uh, tempting uh, shapes and forms of images and ideas. So the the sleepiness of life, you know, we we either are asleep or we tend to just be absorbed into into extreme kinds of experiences. Or seeking, seeking uh, peak moments or extreme experiences, or uh, just to, to to feel, uh, to be awake, to be alive again. So turning on the light, switching on the light, isn't it? In, in like mindfulness, is suddenly awakening the mind. This is a very simple thing to do, but. But the society isn't one that that recognizes that 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 this is possible because we 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 tend to depend, get addicted and dependent upon things that stimulate us, that kind of uh, arouse us, that 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 uh, awaken us, that come from outside and, and keep and uh, stimulate our interest or our excitement. So, like living a life of a of an alms mendicant with a, uh, is really, you know, the the moving toward a a kind of uh, boring, uh, limited way of living, where all these extreme kinds of excitement are are relinquished. We can't go. We can't go and have fights and go to have play sports or. We're celibate. We uh, we uh, don't have uh, we don't have television or uh, increasing amount of computers are entering. <laughs> but the uh, there is a continuing uh, basically the the life of a samana is renunciate, which is moving away from that, renouncing all those those kind of options toward a toward ultimately toward being uh, the the completely mindful arahant who's aware who's awake all the time 
whose very nature is awake and aware and knows things as they are. And it doesn't, the Arahant doesn't need to be kind of stimulated or excited or have interesting things to do. Uh, because that, because the, the awakeness is coming from within you rather than depending on some, some kind of thing stimulating you from outside. So you can see in, in the interest, growing interest in meditation now is, uh, in the West is uh, because it's greatly needed. And a different approach, a different way of, of living one's life because uh, the other is, uh, it has reached its limit. I mean, it's too stressful to see, to live a life of continuous kind of titillation and excitement and interest is, is stressful to the human mind, to the human body. It, you know, we can't, it's not, we're not made, we're not, we're not meant for that kind of, of uh, experience. It turns into you know, all kinds of uh, physical ailments, mental uh, confusion, addictions, depression, and, and all the rest. The degeneracy of the society uh, comes from. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it's a sign that the society uh, is uh, not uh, really uh, developing in the right way. When I was in the California uh, two years ago, they were telling me that they're building four more prisons to house ten thousand more prisoners e in each in each of the four prisons. So each prison would have ten thousand prisoners, or forty thousand more criminals to accommodate, find places to put more and more criminals. Because the, the even though they have oodles of prisons already in California. <laughs> It's not enough. Uh, it's crowded. They need to expand prisons in order to accommodate all the criminals. Well, this is definitely a sign of something wrong with a society that produces so many criminals. You should think, you know, why? What's wrong? What are we doing? What? What is it that that a society uh, would would um, you know it? the causes for that kind of activity, to break the laws, to steal, to, to deal drugs, to commit murders, or, or all these other various offenses that you go to prison for. What, in the, what is it in the society that, that so many people, men and women, end up in prison? Well, one thing you can be sure, crime uh, is exciting. In the, many of the, the 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 movies, the cinema has all these these uh, these uh, uh, dramas about criminals, uh, spies, and all kinds of you know various exciting plots around murder and robbery and cheating and, and lying, seduction, it's all exciting stuff. 
And when uh, somebody a few years ago gave me a birthday card on, uh, on my birth, I think it was when I was 60 or something, in 1934, they listed all the important events that happened in 1934, the year that I was born. Al Capone, Dillinger, all these Chicago gangsters <laughs> either were killed or arrested. <laughs> Seemed to be a year. <laughs> and these are the important events uh, of 1934. I don't suppose saints and good people are very interesting or exciting. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, like, say, if, you, if we tried to make a film about a good monk who kept the Vinaya, probably, <laughs> and practiced diligently and was mindful and good, <laughs> it would uh, be a pretty boring film. How he, he dealt with the seven day allowances. <laughs> so, goodness is not particularly interesting or exciting. Uh, it, it, but it can be inspiring. And I think we all uh, recognize that, that, that many of us have come to to monastic life through uh, inspiration, through this, uh, and through the aspiration, longing, uh, aspiring toward the good, the true, the beautiful. And we all have uh, experiences with the dark side, with the shadows, with the with the exciting. Uh, things that we've renounced and, and let go of to live this this uh, life of a samana, a renunciate. So, and, and the, the 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 value of this life is that it it gives us a a a kind of foundation for reflection, in which the the dark forces, the anger, the resentment, the jealousies, the fears, the desires that we experience, we're able to uh, shine the light on them, to look at them, to be able to recognize them uh, for what they really are. Which is not resisting or judging, it's not a resisting or judging practice, but it is a, an awakening, enlightening attitude of recognizing things for what they are. And then the the uh, teaching of the Dhamma, which which uh, encourages us to see that all conditions are impermanent. So when we when we trust in that, and we really investigate and watch changingness uh, as experience, then we we lose those fears and the the dark forces. Then uh, take us to enlightenment. We begin to see the dark forces for what they are, and in that understanding uh, and realization that comes from that, then 
there is seeing in the light, seeing things as they really are. The Buddha's teaching, and when we really make a strong determination to to uh, really contemplate impermanence as experience, to watch the changingness, the flow of our emotions or 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 thoughts, feelings, or just the noticing the 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 time-bound conditions and their constant, uh, relentless, changing, changingness. And just seeing, just like traveling as much as I do. You, you know, like I remember just uh, the beginning of the, of the year, 1997, and all the kind of uh, diary booked up of all these different things that I wouldn't be doing throughout the year. Now, they're almost all done. The year's almost gone. <laughs> I've been to Vienna and back. Now I'm sitting here, and <laughs> now it's all memory. It's just uh, um, something that I remember bits and pieces of this and that that happened uh, throughout the the year of 1997. I can't remember every everything, but more or less remembering the the peak moments or the more extreme situations or experiences. But in also internalizing that, observing the changingness of mood. I notice like, like a, a certain, uh, this time of a year, the autumn, and the, uh, a certain sadness. I feel always a kind of sense of sadness. I become aware of uh, a kind of sadness in the, in the, in the, I guess it, uh, whether it's it's personal or it's just uh, being in tune with the with the changing, the 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 going toward the winter, and the the leaves are falling off the trees. Uh, it's old now. The year is old, and things are dying, hibernating, and uh, that's always uh, there's a kind of sadness to it. It's not depression, it's not like I feel depressed, or it's not not something that is is, uh, is dukkha or suffering, but it's a natural uh, mental state when you're a human being living on planet Earth with its changing seasons. And the, and the mind is uh, a sensitive, you know, this is a sensitive state we're in, so we, we actually feel the changes when we open our heart and, and, and more, more to a more receptive state of awareness and acceptance, then we, we can actually experience autumn. Or the aging, the the oldness, the the dyingness of this time of the year. And it has a kind of elegance too. There's a beautiful changing of colors, but it's all moving toward 
toward the winter, which represents death, barrenness, bleakness. And in meditation, then the mind is 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 in this receptive state to the way things are, rather than in a a judging, critical uh, state of uh, you know trying to uh, compare one season with another. Yeah, it's like people people will say when I go I'm going to to Cambodia and to Thailand in the winter time. Oh, you're lucky to get out of the English winter. Go to a nice warm country and get away from the cold. But I don't actually feel that way because I quite like to be with the seasonal changes. It's one of the great uh, gifts of of living here in England is that the, the seasons are very, you know, are quite interesting for me as a, as a meditator. Because the mind is, is, rather than judging or comparing, uh, say, uh, winter with springtime or summer, or thinking, when, uh, wanting an eternal spring, that's like always wanting to be young and and healthy. Uh, one is more interested in the changingness, in observing, and witnessing, and being with the flow and movement of change. Mindfulness. So when the when the changes are uh, so pronounced as, as we have here in, in England, and quite stunning in their own way, each season has its own uh, special quality. Remember, thinking in the winter time, how nice it is to just to to be able to just uh, you know, kind of uh, not have to go out and stay and kind of keep warm and go inward. Where when the weather gets really nice and then you get springtime and all, it pulls you out. You want to go out. You want to be out with the flowers and the everything is kind of exciting and, and growing and. And and pretty and and attractive, and youthful, and so it one you know it's hard hard to stay in your cootie, your little hut, when nature is kind of pulling you out. And they look at me, all the flowers, you know, daffodils start blooming. They're always saying, "Look how beautiful I am!" Or this beautiful yellow color, and it is. It's really you know it is beautiful, and one wants to go out and and look and experience the beauty of the of the natural world around. But in the winter time, then it's like hibernation. Everything is subdued. Leaves on no leaves on the trees, no flowers, bare branches, grey skies, um, just a, a kind of bleak, subdued bleakness. Which can be depressing, if you, you know, if you're looking for kind of exciting uh, uh, experiences with, uh, you know, warm weather and and uh, 
flowers and, and kind of interesting and, and lovely things to 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 fascinate and, inter- and interest your mind, occupy your mind, because the winter time uh, you have to put your attention onto it to go out into the cold. You have to rise up to it, and you have to and to really be aware of the of the subdued quality, the silence, that kind of silence of winter where everything's asleep. There's no demand. It's all like going inward into into a cave. So that also, and for a meditator, has has uh, has a you know something that we can really that I personally enjoy. That that winter time feeling of going into the cave of of not not being pulled out into the uh, external world. Or just meditating on the on the bleakness, on the emptiness, the vastness, the sky, and the and the and the and, and looking at just the tree trunks, the trees without their leaves, on a grey day, the, the, and you can begin to see colours when you start looking, and but there everything is subdued. No, no colour is kind of is standing out and making an announcement, not not trying to attract, grab our attention, make us look at it anymore. So this is this is just a reflection from my uh, experience on, on the changing of the season, the impermanence, the movement and flow of uh, uh, that we call anicca, change, transiency. We begin to say instead of say like vanity and and uh, of a personality of identifying with the human body and whether it's attractive or not or young or old or whatever uh, that's that's one way of looking at the human body is whether it's exciting to look at interesting attractive uh, sexy whether <laughs> all this kind of thing. <laughs> Is exciting to the mind and and uh, the personality uh, and the sense of oneself is identified with the human body, but in contemplating the body as change, as conditions that change, is, uh, we're using what this intuitive awareness, bringing awareness to the, the the body as it really is, as experienced in the present. Minus the vanity and the identity with it, we're we're now relating or noticing the the human body as experience, as it is now. Mm. We contemplate it, it the, the the functioning of the body, the agingness, the the uh, the different functions and organs, parts of the body. That 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 uh, do not create the sense of personal possession or identity or fascination or 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 uh, ego egotistical attachment. It, te- it leads to a dispassion, not a disgust or uh, a, a, 
you know, aversion to the human body, but a dispassion, no longer, no longer uh, seeking uh, to use one's body just for excitement and pleasure and and uh, and vanity, but to understand the body as it is, as a part of nature, that we can watch, witness its changingness, its impermanence. Just the breathing uh, of the body is the anapanasati as a basis. Or the sensations of the body we sweep through and begin to notice various uh, uh, pleasurable, painful, and neutral sensations. The sense organs, and we, we begin to contemplate the, how the sense organs are, the eyes and objects and that, that, one, that one sees the sense of subject, object, the organ and its object, the ear and sound and the tongue and taste, the nose and, and the odors. And that which is aware of this, the awareness of this, the reflective ability, is actually the awakened, natural awakened state of being in the present. It's like when the the Buddha mind, the awakened state of uh, uh, mindfulness in the present. As we uh, use this more and more and awaken more and more to the flow of experience in the present. Then we we have the insight into all conditions are impermanent, not just quoting, not just grasping the idea of impermanence or or believing in impermanence, but actually knowing, seeing, feeling, recognizing, realizing impermanence. And yet what the constant factor in all this changingness is the mindfulness. And as we as we steady the mind in this in the still point of awareness and the sound of silence as we hear the, the kind of resonating silence is it is a sign where the mind is in that very receptive state and where thinking has reached its limit the thought process has stopped there when you di- when you listen to the sound of silence, the the thinking stops, and there's this this poise, a uh, non-conceptual poised state of being, which is where where the mind is then in a very is in its most receptive, most uh, embracing. State of being in the present. These are ways of mm, to uh, develop, you know, to to begin to really understand how your mind works and to to recognize the limits where thought ceases, where there is is that. Whereas there is pure awareness without 
thought or without it being personal. It's not me being aware. But there is awareness. And so in that Aparuta de Sangamatasa Taura, the gates to the deathless are open. That the gate is there at that point where there is that the point of intersection of the timeless with time. So then, contemplating time and the timeless, because the, well one, uh, there's a realization of the timeless as you as you let go and you you no longer seek and uh, attach and try to get hold of this and that, or no longer caught in the compulsive uh, habit. Uh, that one has, where we can let these things go, we let them let them resolve themselves, let them cease, allow them to go away, so that all that remains is a pure state, a pure intelligence, pure awareness, that is sustainable, that isn't just a a kind of created state that you get through controlling uh, everything around you. It's a natural state, completely natural and sustainable within the the frustrating conditions of human uh, human consciousness, human body, and all that the, the kind of agitation, irritations that that these conditions produce. We do have a way to 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 no longer be just caught in a struggling relationship with the body and with the conditioning of our minds. So it is a transcendent uh, teaching, the teaching um, that is based on this uh, mindfulness, awareness, the sodavanta, the one who, who listens, who has the ability to listen uh, and and hear that state that poised state of just bare attention in the present where they in uh, turning to to refine states of consciousness if you uh, say you want to uh, to go into very refined experiences, uh, then such as the jhanas, then it, uh, then you have to control things. The mind goes into state of it, you have to have the right conditions, and uh, and absorbing into uh, increasingly more refined uh, experience, which is uh, which demands. Uh, 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 a lot of control and uh, and um, supportive conditions for that kind for refined uh, conscious experience. So, in 
in terms of what the Buddha was teaching, even though he 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 recommends that as a as a kind of way of mental mental exercise, but it's not the way of liberation. It's through this awareness that we realize liberation, that we free ourselves from the delusions of our conditioning. So then, the environment isn't the important thing, or the conditions, the the body, the state of your health, the age of your body, the 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 the, the season of the year, the the place you're in, whether you're in the city or in the country or in the mountains or by the seaside or in a, in in Bangkok or in London or in Amaravati, Chitters wherever the the mindfulness isn't dependent upon the situation on the condition on the environment so then this uh, allows us to say be with life is experience not to be just running around trying to find a a, a safe place that I can, you know, hopefully keep under my control and uh, and then uh, protect myself from all the kind of coarseness, grossness uh, of, the, of the society, of the world around. But it, it's like one feels much more free to be with life and to where the, the grossness and coarseness is accepted as a part of experience rather than something one is resisting, trying to, to run away from or, or uh, complain about. Like switching on the light. Just let, just, just contemplate. Just that simple, very simple, is like being away, paying attention. Very simple today. Nothing, nothing like difficult really, or beyond anybody's uh, ability, because we do it when we're stimulated to do it. But now we're doing it with wisdom rather than with just through circumstances by default. We're actually doing it, you know, developing, cultivating the way of attention. Paying attention, being awake, listening. And it's, uh, I call it intuitive awareness. It's not judging. It's not judgmental. So you can, you know, whatever you're feeling or experiencing, you're aware of it, and you know it still is what it is. It's not we're, we're trying to say to dismiss or deny or reject it, but it, whether it's good or bad, we know, we know it's good or bad, but something painful or unpleasant. We're aware of its unpleasantness, but there's no, it's, uh, 
is seen in terms of change, of Dhamma, of impermanence, rather than in terms of of me uh, uh, trying to to uh, pass judgment or control or or uh, get away from things because I don't like them. Going to see the the sites of Vienna and, and on, on the kind of very interesting uh, place to be. Going to, we went to this museum where they have all the uh, the emperor's robes and crowns and jewels, all the kind of royal uh, paraphernalia. Gorgeous stuff, you know ermine collars and, and incredibly elaborate and, uh, kind of brocades and embroidered uh, capes and robes and, and, and then the crowns magnificent crowns and big huge gems inlaid into gold of a bygone age of the, of the empire that is no longer in the history all this stuff is now you know for the plebeians the, the hoi polloi to go and gawk at tourists it's <laughs> <laughs> like changes the, the sense of of an empire the, the symbols are always you know the the you know of lions and eagles and you know very strong mighty animals and and uh, uh, axes and swords and all kinds of power symbols of an empire that still remain now as as things the tourists go and look at. So the empires come and go, don't they? You know, their mightiness and their their magnificence. They reach a peak and then they dissolve. And uh, what's left now we put into very well uh, uh, appointed museums <laughs> with you know the lighting just right so it captures the the kind of glitter on the jewel and on the gold trim. And so all these great, great people are now just memories and part of a history. And their personalities, their how much good or evil they did is remembered. But in terms of you know we experience we see how uh, the ephemeral nature of the conditioned realm we keep contemplating it uh, both in its external manifestations and and, it, and the internal ones just the fleetingness of feeling our little 
energies can just go through your body just like this suddenly as you're aware you know, you're open mind is open you feel the kind of certain energy flows and certain little feelings going this way and then that way and and little pressures and little this and that subtleties of 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 experience or just slight moods that you don't even have a name for them they just like this, suddenly you feel a little bit sad, or a little bit uh, uncertain, or a little bit bewildered, or or some, or you have some kind of déjà vu kind of experience. And you think of maybe it's past lives, or just the way the sunlight um, touches something, or or just uh, you know going to 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 Vienna, which is, I've never, I was never been there before, so my my perceptions of Vienna are based on the more romantic images that Americans have about Central Europe, Blue Danube, and all that. <laughs> and some parts of Vienna are pretty horrible. <laughs> They don't. They don't write music about that. <laughs> that uh, that's all right too. It's not not a complaint. But how sometimes the 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 fantasies of life are better than the realities. So so we can also you know try to live in a world of fantasy because we can create with our minds a, a kind of fantasy world it is certainly uh, maybe an improvement on the on the reality of a situation but all uh, fantasies are very fleeting and very uh, on you know in very unsatisfying in the in the long run as well as as uh, endless complaints or criticisms of the uh, dirty dishes in the kitchen sink realities So this realm is is like this. The 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 opportunity we have and as human beings to observe, to learn, to realize, to awaken to our humanity, our the experience we have, uh, our own karmic uh, uh, characteristics not through judging, comparing with somebody else, but just knowing it's like this. And more and more we we abide in that knowing, in that pure state of pure intelligence, that pure knowing, that stillness, where the conditions then are, are accepted, seen, known, but no longer do we create fantasies or 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 problems or make issues or or uh, complicate our lives through in the struggles, resistances, attachments to the condition realm that is this very nature is to change, to move, to arise and to cease. 
So I offer this as a reflection for this evening.